Blog Talk Radio. It's that time again. Time for some real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Whatever you think, whatever you know, whatever you feel, Tanya doesn't mind talking about it. Get ready for some talk that is always rated to R because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. Tune in right now for real talk with Tanya White. Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rounds in your mouth. Bring them out, bring them out.
I love it. That was the hottest song of the year. Welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White. That was Beyonce. All the single ladies. We're wrapping up 2009. We're talking about what was hot and what was not. And that was definitely a hot song, hot album this year. It was Beyonce's year. And so that's what we're talking about tonight. And so before we get started, I would just want to say thank you all for making Real Talk just so special this year. Our first year on the air. Y'all have been a joy, uh, loyal listeners, and I want to thank you all. We're, we're set and ready to go in 2010, So, but we're wrapping up 2009 today, and I have a magnificent, marvelous co-host with me. I love co-hosts, and so let me bring him on, the magnificent Mo Stiegel, host of Talk About It today. So let's bring it on. Let's see what Blog Talk is doing today. Mo. Oh, Kentucky. Kentucky, Mo, what's, what's going on? on? Hey, we cold up here. How y'all doing in the A? We are. Uh, we we look cold in the A too. Wow. Listen. Thank you for joining and co-hosting with me tonight, Mr. Mo. Hey, I appreciate y'all having me, man. It's, a, it's an honor and a privilege. Oh, no, it's an honor for us because you got one of the hottest, hottest shows on Blog Talk. Talk about it today. So tell Ooh, us a little bit. <laughs> Listen. Let me tell you. You know your show is hot when you get the hottest. <laughs> Stars, authors, <laughs> everybody That's on. crazy. Listen. Everybody on that joint. Listen. I've been, I listen to it. I love the show. And, and you've been, been on it before. <laughs> yeah, I've been on that show. Yeah, you have. I've been on that show, the hot show, and I was very honored. Uh, but listen, how long have you been on the air? Uh, we've been on since August. August, and you just took Block Talk by storm. Is that what we did? Yes. <laughs> Listen, I have listened to Blog Talk about two years, and uh, I love uh, a lot of the shows, but your shows just take it to another dimension. Uh, so oh, wow. tell us who you are and why why you on Blog Talk and what is in store with Talk About It Today, because y'all on five days a week, and I commend you for that. It's <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, you know, most Siegel, man, uh, media personality, uh, public speaker, um, and uh, you know, we just we just trying to bring something different to to the uh, the radio and television entertainment element all together. So, you know, talk about it today is a a very cutting edge, energetic show uh, with hot topics and and cool solutions, and we're on weekdays two to four. Uh, you can log on to moststeagle dot com at any time. And check out the show live, or you know, uh, download some of the podcast. So, you know, that's our thing. You know, and you, you, we, we thank you for talking about some of the guests we've had on the show. But you know, our show is really not personality driven or or celebrity driven as far as guests concerned. But it's more uh, content driven, and it's really for the listeners. Now, every guest that comes on the show has to be able to inform, inspire, or ignite our listening audience to uh, transform from simply being to becoming. So, you know, they have that understanding of coming on the show. It's not about promoting your latest CD, latest movie, uh, latest project, but it's about giving to the people because so, for so long we've just taken from the people as entertainers. And so, you know, that's what wow. talking about it today is all about. Listen, Mo, do you have a background in uh, radio and communication? I don't. You don't? I actually don't. I, I don't Listen. at all. Listen, you do a <laughs> phenomenal job, and I thought I was the only one because – my background is not in that either. So you have done a magnificent job just uh, bringing freshness, consistency to blog talk, uh, and just, like you said, giving great information. What did you say, hot topics with cool solutions? 
Hot Topics, Cool Solutions. That's I love it. I love it. <laughs> now, listen, aren't you writing a book right now? Yes, and, and you know, I'm so excited about it because we uh, we have really, I have scaled back from Facebook, which I know that's addictive, and uh, yes. I have really put in put in some time and effort of working on my debut uh, novel. It's entitled um, uh, Against All Odds, I Can Be, and it is a, a depiction of, or a collection, I would say, of motivational statements that, that I've made throughout um, the years, also um, poetry as well as um, um, some uh, triumphant, what we call triumphant treasures, which are triumphant stories, stories of triumph that everyday people can relate to because, you know, we all have different things or adversities that we've been faced with in our lifetime. So this is a self-help book that shows you that you can make it, you can be educated, you can be encouraged, and you can be empowered to uh, proceed against any odd you can be. So you can be whatever you want to be. Now, when you can is be whatever that you want to be. tentatively scheduled to hit the shelves and just blow up? Well, we have right now. Our goal is to uh, to complete the the book by um, uh, by the second week in January. So um, we're looking at sometime uh, in 2010 for its release. So okay, you know. Since you told me, I'm a writer and a writing coach, so I'm going to be checking in with you. Yeah, you can check in with me. Hold me. You know, you're supposed to hold yeah. me down. You're supposed to give me some pointers and tips on how to become a bestseller like like, like you you folks out in Kentucky. Listen, you're you already on the road. Uh, like I said, in your, in your instance, all you have to do is get it done, and mm. your personality, your content, it's going to sell itself. Uh, so, wow. yeah, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to be uh, appoint myself your uh, writing accountability partner until okay. January because a lot of people, and I do that because a lot of people say they want to write a book and they're going to write right. a book and never get to it, and they have great information. I love what you said, triumphant treasures. Yeah. Just already, already making me uh, the information stick in my mind so. I'm going to just be sending you weekly updates, Mr. Most Eagle. That's what I need. I need somebody yes. to keep me inspired. Cause you know as a writer, some days you're not motivated. No, no. You're just not motivated to write. Some days you just got to take time for yourself sometimes and just pour in for yourself yeah. and don't force it. Trust me. But when it comes and it flows, you can knock out a book in a week. Right. So... But that's you right cool. about that. I, I, I need that flow then. If you can send some of that flow over here, I, I'd be gracious. <laughs> Listen, I'm on the last stages of my uh, my book, and so when I finish that, I can send that flow over there. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's what's flow. up. For if you just join Real Talk with Tanya White, we're talking to Magnificent Mo Stiegel. We're going to talk about what was hot, what was not. Now, Mo, 2009, yeah. good, bad, some ups and downs. Started off with a bang with the inauguration, right. in my opinion. Did you did you have the opportunity to go? I did not. Well, me either. I didn't want to go, to be honest with you. Mixing uh, I had an opportunity to be there, and I did not want to be there because uh, Mo really don't like uh, large crowds. Right? Really? Yeah, I don't <laughs> like a lot of I mean a lot of hustling, bustling, and it was crazy in D.C. So I didn't want to be there for that. I wanted to just watch it on TV in the comfort of my home. 
and not really have to deal with all the people that was there. And then it was bone chilling and cold too. Yeah, Woo. it was ridiculously cold. Steagle don't do cold. He just don't do. He don't do <laughs> cold. Well, listen, I didn't want to go this time around either. I said everybody's just gonna go. I want to be. I want to be able to go and to relax, make some contact strategically. And I right. didn't think it was my opportunity to do that because it was so new. So hopefully we right. get another chance to uh, have an inauguration with President Obama. Uh, and maybe I get to go to that one. But I really didn't want to go myself either. My nephew went. Uh, he's only 10, 11 or something like that. Wow. So um, he went with his father, and, you know, it was a memorable experience. But that was, you know, I thought it was for the first inauguration of African-American very elegant, tasteful, and right. Everything from all the week's activities. Did you watch everything on TV? I did. I did. What was What was your best moment of the whole inauguration? I, I would for? say, for for me, um, it, it, it would have been um, when he when he took the oath. Wow. Because to me, that that signified. I mean. That that made it real, that yeah. made it legit and and hey because you know we we can't lie about it. I mean they they gave uh, President Obama a lot of uh, you know what, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was a lot of all oh, this. Well, well he didn't say this in the Oval. He stumbled on this, and it was all that he had to do that joint three four times. So it's mm-hmm. like man, come on, y'all didn't do this with nobody else. So you know for yeah. me that was that was the final moment. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was two moments. Well, we were in school. I'm a teacher, and our principal allowed us to actually watch it. And it was great seeing uh, the kids be so excited about uh, inauguration. And these are third graders. Um, right. And so they knew who Obama was. They were excited, uh, black, white, Asian, uh, Latino, all types of kids. So that was a great moment for me on my end. And then the ball itself I'm a huge Beyonce fan, so I thought she did a magnificent job. Uh, right. Very nailing. So those are my two memorable moments from the inauguration of 2009. That was a memorable moment. Well, now what was not so hot in 2009, in your opinion? Uh, in general or about yeah. that particular? <laughs> oh, about the inauguration? Yeah, you you talking about just the inauguration it, or now, in general? Uh, in general, one event that was not so hot. Uh, <laughs> I, I gotta say, now it's a recent event, but okay. I gotta say it still is 2009. So yeah, it's still 2009. I would have to say this is the latest event on Tiger Woods. Has oh my! Been so hot. Can you believe that? I can believe it. It's just I just don't I don't totally agree with the way it's being handled. Handled, yeah. yeah. I don't believe I don't agree with the way it's being handled, and everybody coming at the woodwork and. Um, just all the craziness. Um, it was very disheartening to right. see uh, Tiger. So, because he's had such a clean cut public image, let me say public yeah. image, his whole career, and just to see uh, what's coming out of the dark, so to say, and how uh, I don't know who's on his PR team though. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't think they. I don't think that they helping him. Not at all. And, and he's not helping himself by not seeing anything. You right. know, I was just saying uh, today how, you know, um, I don't think it's it's 
it's over for him, over for him period. But mm-hmm. I, I do think he needs to say something. Yeah. Um, Before it gets too late. I think because his, yeah, I, I, I I think because his image has been so squeaky clean for so long that he's hiding and and I, I hope this is not his thought process, but hoping it will just go away. Yeah. And, you know, it's not going to go away. And I think it would probably be, the, um, the pain would be a little bit less than if he would just come out and say something. The whole send a statement through my website, that just don't fly with an incident in a in an individual this huge, you know, yeah. you're talking yeah. about six billion dollar man. So yeah, you know, um, yeah. and one of the most recognizable athletes uh, in the country, let alone America. So yeah, it's not gonna go away, Tiger. So you're right. gonna you're gonna have to say something. Uh, yeah, they need to do some some damage control. We got some uh, conversation in chat and. Uh, Somebody said Tiger is still human, and I agree. But humanity, uh, when you do wrong, you have to, you know, you have to sometimes reconcile that, uh, especially if you're a public image like uh, Tiger Woods has been. Um, yeah. Well, now you know, I, I, I gotta say that it is not my, it is not my uh, position. It's not my position to. Uh, I'm not condemning Tiger at all. He's right, human, and right. that's that's been my whole. Uh, and I haven't talked a whole lot about it on my show, but that's been my my say. So is you know he he is human, mm-hmm. and I think I have a, a a more of a problem with the fact that we will celebrate the mistress while condemning the man. Yes. And I don't think yeah. you should be giving no mistress a lot of no money to talk about it because they're both in the wrong. Okay. So why are we celebrating one while condemning the other one? And I mean, it happens. It has happened all the time. You can can you think about a time, Tanya White, in your life when it has come out about an athlete, entertainer, a politician that you have ever heard about them condemning the woman that was involved. No, you haven't. No, not at all. You haven't. And it's so they funny. always they always make her the the victim and and make her the celebrated figure. She get book deals and she gets TV shows and all this crap. And we're like, wait a minute. She knew he was married. He he's not he's not the Joe Blow in the streets uh, on the streets in Kentucky. He's a senator. He's a president of the United yeah, States. Yeah. She knew he was married. Are you kidding me? And speaking of, there's been a whole lot of uh, um, celebrities, influential people who have been down the same road this year. And um, I think it's been a a lot of people, period. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people. I think it's a little different when you are a public figure. Yeah. Uh, And, um, yes, his his private life is private, uh, but when you're a public figure, those intertwine, and it makes – uh, your your image, your integrity shapes into who you are. You can't you cannot possibly separate the two, in my opinion. Uh, even though yes, you need to have a private life and a public life, but they need there, there needs to be some integrity, consistency, and honesty in both of them. And I agree. I, I always uh, cringe at the fact when we uh, make the one the mistress seem like the victim because she made a choice and. Mm-hmm. Honestly, 
both of them in the wrong, but we never do that. We never. We never. <laughs> never. And as a woman, never. I don't think that's right. I really don't. So if you just joined, we'll talk with Tanya White. We're wrapping up, talking about some events of 2009. Uh, thank everyone in the chat, Destiny Diva, Prophet Morgan's son, 752, and we have Mo Stiegel, the host of Talk About It today. Now, Mo, here's the most memorable of 2009, and I still get teary-eyed when I think about Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, although that's a whole uh, thing, but I'm thinking about his death and even the memorial service. That's what uh, sticks with me in my mind. What, any thoughts or opinions on that? Uh, it, it it was a very devastating moment for us because many of us grew up on Michael Jackson and uh, we are quite familiar with him and his family. And uh, and so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where um, it was unfortunate and we just, I don't know, we lost a great one. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, and, uh, you know, I am... Um, friends with the Jackson family, and so you know, speaking with his niece mm-hmm. and, and all, you know, having having to deal with it, I can only imagine. I mean, you know, we talking about Michael Jackson now. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, you know, it's one of those things where he's uh he like he was bigger than Tiger. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, he, so it was uh. Well, you said we grew up with them as black women. Yeah, we grew up in in many generations. Right, uh, right. We grew up with them. I mean, my mother and them, they know little Michael. My aunts know the off-the-wall Michael. I personally fell in love with the thriller Michael. So mm-hmm. every de- generation, and it was devastating. I mean, I was distraught. I'm glad I was on summer break because I don't think I could have made it to, wow. to work. Um, but just watching the memorial, uh, and I tell you what, just helped me change my morning to celebration was when Jennifer Hudson was singing, uh, and then Al Sharpton came and did his thing. That it was really okay. Now we understand we've lost somebody, but we need to start celebrating who he was and what difference he made in this entire world, <laughs> in many right. languages, many cultures. Um, and so yeah, and so still distraught, but. Uh, Celebrating MJ as a pivotal figure in this world for all people. All people are better because of his music and his legacy uh, and all that drama surrounding uh, his death. Isn't that something? Yeah, I hope it gets I was watching uh, Larry King the other night, and, you know, the brothers was on there, and they was talking about the fact that uh, Dr. Murray is, is still being allowed to practice medicine right now and it's like are you kidding me this guy here i mean i just don't understand what they doing like why is it taking so long we're talking about michael jackson died in what uh june june Mhm. yeah yeah i mean I don't yeah know. we're talking about june i mean it's that's a long time well i thought that the the, the big thing was is that uh the evidence they, because they said it, it was so open after his body left, and they think it's tampering with evidence, and they're trying to get that all that resolved and corrected right. so they can move forward. 
Uh, but How yeah, long does that really take, though? I'm trying. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm just not familiar with the judicial system, the justice system, so I don't know. But you know, I'm just thinking it may not take that long. You know, I'm a big CSI and all these criminal shows, and what shouts I, out to Hill Harper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they need the CRS team on this uh, because it doesn't take that long. But I don't know what's taking so long. Maybe they're just trying to, because it is Michael Jackson, uh, so there won't be any mistrials or whatever. I don't know. So I'm praying that that gets resolved. But, yeah, shout out to the Jackson family. Prayers are still with you all. And thank you for joining Real Talk with Tanya White. We're talking about what was hot and what was not in 2009. Now, Mo. I just mm. found out me and you share favorite TV shows. Saw you on Facebook Uh-oh. when The Closer was on. Didn't know That's you my closer. joint. <laughs> oh, my God. That's my joint now. That's my joint. I love Keith. Listen, that was one of the hottest shows on uh, TV. TNT, they, they brought some shows this year. Uh, brought the drama back because we've, we've been forced to uh, feast off reality TV these last years. Yeah. A lot of, you know, sitcoms and dramas have fallen by the wayside. But I love TNT. I love The Closer. Uh, I love Dark Blue, too. Um, and what's another one? And Jada's Jada show was a good one. Um, oh, uh, Hawthorne. Yes. Love that. Yeah, you know, Hawthorne just got missing. Huh? I say it just got missing. I mean, it was on one day and it wasn't on no more. And I was like, well, what happened to it? Well, you know, they only do like 10 or 13 uh, episodes, and then they take a break and then come back. Oh, okay. Yeah, they don't do like a regular TV. Okay. But, yeah, well, yeah. You know, the closer's been on so many years that they can keep showing reruns. That's why right. I think it's never gone off, because they show that faithfully every Monday night, uh, whether it's a new season, uh, a new show or not. But, yeah, I love TNT, all their shows. The Closer is my absolute favorite then Dark Blue, and then Hawthorne. Any other shows that stuck out with you, Mr. Mo? Um, hmm. Let's see. Well, let me see. What, what's my other show here? Um, Law and Order. That's my joint. Oh, my God. You know, I just started watching that again. Uh, Anthony Anderson is doing a great job on that. Yeah. I, didn't, I wouldn't yeah, even put um, him on that show because he's a comedian. But I started watching it again, and that's a great, that's a great show. Yeah, I like uh, now I like Law, the regular Law and Order that you're talking about with Anthony Anderson, but I also mm-hmm. like SBU, oh, Benson and Stabler. Mm-hmm, that's my joints. Now, when does that? I, I missed that. I usually catch the reruns. Does it still come on Fridays or Sundays? What is it? Actually, it comes on. It came on last night. Oh, SBU. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So I missed it. They've changed it on me. But yeah, yeah. Uh, love the law order. Can't believe it's been on what almost twenty years, and they still keep it fresh and hot. Uh huh. So that's good. That's good writing right there. Big mm-hmm. shout out to the writers out there. Now CSI with Hill Harper. You've had him on your show, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, me and Hill toured for a year. Uh, we just completed the tour what? in say? June. What you toured? Yeah, oh, we was no. on tour from last oh, no. April to this past June. We was well, on tour together. You are together. the man. <laughs> I, I, I rode with you. I thought everybody knew that by now. <laughs> I must have missed that show I talked about it today. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So your 
Oh, what motivational speaking around? Yep, we did the. Uh, me and Hill were on the uh, UNCF HBCU Empower Me tour together for uh, entire year. Man, it was it was wonderful. Uh, we went all across the country with this tour, empowering young people, um, educating them on financial literacy, mm. and uh, really. Uh, and and Hill talking about his book, uh, Letters to a Young Sister. And helping, assisting them in, in becoming active architects of their own destiny. So it was Ooh, fantastic. Like yeah, we had a fantastic of their own destiny. Now, is that a yep. most legal slogan? No, that's a Hill Harper slogan. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you know, we did uh, with his uh, his foundation, Manifest Your Destiny, mm-hmm. uh, along with the Wacoby Foundation, Ford, FedEx, Amtrak, and um, uh, a number of other people, including. Uh, my teen talk show, the self show. So we had a great time. You, you yeah. are the man, Mo. Mo can you help us out? <laughs> I need to be in that motivational speaking circuit. That's hard to be. In. You know what I'm saying? Help us. Out. Yeah, it, it is kind of, it is kind of difficult to, to to maneuver in. So. And that's all yeah. you gonna say? You ain't gonna give us any tips? <laughs> well, I mean, you 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 gotta you gotta. It's about. It's about relationships, you know. Okay. Uh, um, I've learned that through a number of people that I had the pleasure of working with, including um, George Frazier. Okay. And, uh, who's, uh, who's becoming a real good friend of mine, as well as uh, Ephraim Taylor. So, you know, okay. it's, it's you have to surround yourself with individuals who are doing what you're attempting to do uh, and, and really uh, build relationships. That's what it's all about. Well, listen, I've been I've been hanging out with the wrong people. So in 2010, because I'm determined to win, Mo. Uh, That's right. I'm gonna uh, be emailing you and seeing how I can be in your little mentor uh, group or something. Cause <laughs> I need to be in that circle. And you know, sometimes when you ask people, they don't give you straight answers. Um, right. And they just take right. you around the mulberry bush. So. Listen. And I'm gonna tell you something too, Tanya. That uh, that uh, Hill Harbor taught me. During that time that we got a chance to uh, put a nation together, is you have to surround yourself with individuals who have the same vision for you as you have for yourself. A mm. lot of times we wonder why we're not progressing, and it's it's most time because we have anchors tied to our to our uh, anchors our ankles, and we got people that we call our friends, but they're really anchors. They're they're pulling us down and they're keeping us from progressing. And so, you know, we can't move where we want to move because we don't have the right people around us, you know. That's why if you are looking to be a motivational speaker and and uh, an international one, then you have to surround yourself with international people, people who are well-traveled, people who are uh, who have resources and connections, not because you want to use them, but it's because you need that influence and that motivation to push you to where you want to go. If if the only people that you have hanging around you are people who are living check to check and people who are uh, living below the water, not above it, but below the water, and you have nobody in you that has uh, financial stability or who are wealthy or well-off, then it's, uh, it's somewhat, I ain't going to say impossible, but it, it's going to be a tough road for you because you don't have anybody right. to, yeah, you're going to be frustrated because who you have around you that that's doing what you want to do or that you can call on, you know, and right. that's the key. That's what I've learned this past year. That's the key. 
is building relationships. And I've just been so fortunate. God has definitely graced me and blessed me to meet a number of people uh, along this journey that uh, I have been able to befriend. And, and truth of the matter is, a lot of them I have become friends with on my show. People mm-hmm. like Lamont Rucker and Mark Christopher Lawrence. I mean, these are folks that I've met today. Uh, Bernadette Stennis, who played Thelma on yeah. Good Times. I mean, you know, also, so she's a good interviewer. I, I interviewed her. She's great. Ago. She's a great person to hang out with. I mean, she's mm-hmm. cool, down to earth, and easy to talk to. But yeah. uh, you know, and, and that's that's too is the thing that I've always done. Whether it be social networking, whether it be uh, the tour, whether it be anything I've ever done, I go into it with the mindset of I'm building my brand. So my objective stay to building my brand. It never becomes personal. If if I happen to develop a personal relationship out of it, it's fine. But my goal is building my brand, so I do everything that assists me in accomplishing that goal, which is mm-hmm. building my brand. So even now on my talk show, talk about today, everybody that comes on there, you know, when I see it's a, an opportunity to build, then I present that. Say, hey, you know. This is something I think we should do something together. And because of the presentation, they say, hey, I think you're right, so let's do that. Well, I'm going to get my presentation together and contact Mo Stiegel so um, (laughs) I can start uh, building relationships with the masters of motivation, as I call them. Because that's That's what what Tanya White wants to be. If you just join Real Talk with Tanya White. We're talking about what was hot and what was not in 2010, and Mr. Mo Stiegel just gave us many nuggets of motivation. Uh, I'm going to rewind that and write it all down and put it on my wild mo. Uh, you do that. Just, yeah, because you just, just opened up a window of why uh, I'm not where I want to be. Hey, Mo, we have uh, a guest on our line, uh, Dr. Celicia Thompson. She is uh, the sister of one of my favorite singers, uh, Selena Johnson, and she has a new book. That is out called Rhythm Without the Blues, and she's talking about the status of R&B music today. So we're going to bring her on the line, and she's going to share with us. Dr. Celicia, hello. Hi, Tanya. Hi, Mo. Hey, what's going on? Oh, nothing much. You're so right about building your brand. I'm sitting here listening like, he's so right. Yeah. (laughs) He gave some you know, I was writing, and I'm going to rewind it because that's so true. He says it's all about, you know, if we build a relationship, but it's all you got to keep what's, what's business, business. Basically. Right. Your life is that's a business. That's where people mess up. Yep. Yeah. Well, listen, Dr. Celicia, you have a new book out. And this I is know. Your, what, is this your second <laughs> or third time? I can't, I can't remember. On the show? Yes. My second. Then the first time. one was with. Kenny uh, Lattimore. Yes, yes. But now you have your book is out, and it's called Rhythm Without the Blues. And uh, tell us who you are before we start digging into the book, because I'm a music lover, and so are you. And uh, let's talk about it. So who are you, Dr. Celicia? Okay. Um, well, my name is not just fine. Um, I am a professor first, okay? Um, I teach at Berkeley College out in New York. And um, I really got into the – I have, like, two, two, two lives, which is very strange. There's a business side, and then there's the entertainment music side. So I got into the music industry because of my sister and just um, started working with her, helping her out. My sister is Selena Johnson. 
mm-hmm. uh, national recording artist. Um, I serve also as the president of her label, her independent label, and um, been doing that for a couple of years. But I've you know been managing her for and in the industry probably for the last eight or nine years. So it's like I have two lives. One side is like academic, mm-hmm. you know, because I teach and, you know, write books and things of this nature. And then the other side is the music industry where I um, get to express, you know, the creative side of me. Not that I sing. Right. I don't know why I can't sing because my father <laughs> sings, who is a uh, blues singer, Seal Johnson, and my sister. And for some reason... I, didn't, I don't understand why I didn't get that gene. So I just said, you know what, I'm just going to write about it. Because yeah. Because you have to manage singing. the music. That's that's your assignment in life, to manage the music. And so you've written a book. What was your inspiration for writing this book? Well, Rhythm Without Blues, which is on sale now on Amazon.com, um, I was inspired to write this just, it started off as my research for my um, doctorate degree. Mm-hmm. So I started writing about um, the in, in, in my dissertation. I started researching about the role of record labels mm-hmm. and the, their role in rhythm and for their role in the music industry as it relates to rhythm and blues R and B artists. So the reason I chose that is because, of course, I was working with my sister, and you know, at that time she was on Jive Records, and I saw how they treated her and how they never promoted her. Or they didn't. Um, provides the correct marketing support, financial support. It was just terrible. So that inspired me. I said, I'm going to research this this, this concept of um, record labels and R&B. So just seeing, you know, the, the the trials and tribulations that she went through. So as I started digging deeper and deeper, I just started pulling so much stuff and finding out so many different things about the music industry that it just turned into um, – Rhythm Without Blues, mm-hmm. okay, it turned into actually a book, and the the subtitle was The Dichotomy of a Music Genre, and what that means is I just feel this genre, R&B, and Tanya, you know, because you're a music lover, is broken. Right. And I said, you know, I, I often have video blogs saying R&B is dead, but when I mean dead, I just mean like it's just there. I mean, it's broken. There's no substance to this music, and in my research, I was just digging and digging, and what inspired me was just because I found out a lot of the um, problems with the music industry and with R&B and black music in general, people are probably going to get mad, but it, it it stems from the lack of support from record labels. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. was kind of what inspired me, just watching her and just watching, you know, uh, her going throughout the industry and just saying that you know these labels out here are crazy. Now, do 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 the do you think the uh, do you know that the are the record labels going on uh, the sales or what the audience wants? Or are they just creating something out of the blue and trying to reshape it to what they want it to be? You know what I'm saying? Because uh, especially with some of the music today, and it may be my age, but I'm like, are y'all no, serious? <laughs> Exactly, and I, I talk about this in my book, and I have some. I have over twenty interviews in here. Some people gave their names, some didn't want me to uh, put their names out. Mm-hmm. But the labels right now are so, and probably in the last two or three years, they don't know what the heck is good music. They don't know because a lot of these label guys are not um, true Clyde Davis 
music guys. Right. When we look at the industry now, a lot of these guys, um, your A&R reps or um, the label executives that exist now are not artistry-driven. I talk about this in my book. They're profit-driven. Mm-hmm. And when you have profit-driven-minded people, which is another wrong with profit, but in, a mu- in the entertainment music industry, artistry right. will suffer. So they don't have a clue. They, if they see what's hot, Soldier Boy is hot. If you notice, like when Soldier Boy came out, the little dance thing, every right. artist or all these people were jumping out the closet like, oh, okay, I got to dance too. Mm-hmm. It's like a bandwagon effect. They don't know what to do. You know, they, they don't know what to do with an Anthony Hamilton or, mm-hmm. you know, or a Lettucey. They don't understand. To labels, and I talk about this, um, labels think they're like a Lettucey, Anthony Hamilton, Jill Scott. They think that's a boutique music, boutique. They think R&B is a boutique genre, meaning only a small group of people want to hear this, right. which I beg to differ. And I say this in my book. I say, well, 40, 50 years ago, Aretha Franklin, everybody was singing respect. You know what I'm saying? White, black, Chinese. So how is R&B now a boutique genre or just, you know, this small genre? How is it like that now when the history and culture of rhythm and blues is so rich? Right. And it's, it's several factors, you know, I talk about in my book, but it's just crazy. It's these labels. They don't know They don't know what's going on time. So, so do you think that it's going to... Uh come back around because uh you mentioned Lettucey whose album is just phenomenal and I'm kind of irritated because it doesn't get a lot of airplay. Uh your sister loves her voice, Selena Johnson. Um and Anthony Hamilton's the point of it all is just off the chart. Oh that's that's one of my favorites. It's I love crazy. And Joe's album is oh my God. Yes. And so do you think it's gonna eventually come back around? Because longevity is the key. And I don't think uh some of the the music that we hear today is going to last a long time. So do you think that it's going to make a full circle eventually, or what do you think is going to happen? Well, honestly, and I hate to be, like, negative, but <laughs> um, no. Be real. This because, is real talk. Okay. Exactly. Okay, this is real talk. You know what? Let me just keep it real. Yeah. I thought I'd never, ever say that term in my life, but I don't think it's because <laughs> that's so, like, it's so stupid. But I, I'm going to keep it real. I don't think it's going to come back around because every, if you notice, like telling your last four, five, six years, everyone's always saying, oh, R&B is coming back. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Hip-hop, pe- ne- people never thought hip-hop would be so strong right now. Mm-hmm. So when you're saying some of the stuff won't last, true. Okay, I think we're almost out of the auto-tuning world. Right. But next year, it's going to be something crazier. Okay, <laughs> it's gonna, I don't know what we're going to be doing. We're not going to be Soldier Boy in or LOL Smiley Face or <laughs> Auto-Tune. <laughs> we're we're going to be doing, this is what I'm saying, we're going to be doing something else. The industry goes, I call it the dumbing down of our culture. That's they it. want simple, I'm not going to say silly, but they want simple stuff. And it's a whole bigger picture behind this, but not to get all, you know, crazy, but. It's like simple stuff. They want to sell that to the consumer because they feel the consumer, that's what they want. But if well, you that goes see... back to my question about is it something that they've created? Because to me, and I'm coming from the mind of a teacher, when I listen to a lot of the lyrics, they're not grammatically mm-hmm. correct. 
They're right. not. Uh, they don't have substance or quality. And so when the kids who are going around repeating these, uh, they think that because it's in the song by the hottest artist that it's grammatically correct, or they can say this to any and everybody. And so that's mm-hmm. why I say is it something that they've created too, like you said, dumbing down of a culture, because if you listen to the, the R&B music with substance, the temptations of that genre, they tell stories. And, you know, when you sing it, you're, you're saying complete sentences and has, it has meaning. So that's what, that I mean. Exactly. So, because um, I always thought that, I always thought that, uh, that yeah. the, I'm like, the, are these kids really thinking that? And they're really thinking that because they have, that's what they've grown up on. You know what? I've been in the, I've been in the studio with. I'm not gonna say any producers' names, but like big, big producers, and you know when they were working with my sister or whatever, and they would just, it would be amazing. And sometimes we would sit there like with these producers, and they're trying to figure. They're listening to what's you know the hottest thing out. Like, okay, how can we match that? Like, mm-hmm. creativity and artistry is gone. So. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to be the next T Pain, the next Lil Wayne, or or whatever. So it's it's created, I think, by the labels. But oftentimes, I think the artists have a fear of branching out because if you branch out, you know, you look at you look you look at Lettucey, You know, she she branched out. Um, Chrisette Michelle is different. You know, so when you when you're different, mm-hmm. you you risk, you know, not getting record sales unless you're in the pop genre because Lady Gaga is very different. <laughs> she right. don't, she yeah. doesn't care. And but, you, know, so you see what I'm talking about? In R&B, R&B they want to box you. Like, no, you got to do this. Um, Beyonce, I know you love her, Tanya. She's not, she's not R&B to me. She no, she's not be. R&B. She's pop. She's, she's pop. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, I feel sorry for her because in four, five, six more years, you can't just be popping all over the stage like that. You're gonna have to evolve and change. Yeah. Her fan base, her fan base is gonna get older. Yeah. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, look at Mary. Mary's fan base. I'm a Mary fan. Mm-hmm. So I've been with Mary since the early '90s. Mm-hmm. But Mary has evolved, but now she hasn't strayed too much. But she still keeps her fan base because right. her original. You know what I'm saying? The way she came out originally was it's not too much different from where she is right now. But Beyonce, I don't know what she's gonna do. Because I, I don't know. I think she's she got a strategy. She's very strategic. In true, trouble. true. I, I, I believe she's got a strategy yeah. under her. You health. hope she has a strategy. Yeah. You wish it and hope she, she has a strategy. Well, I you believe know what? as smart. a Beyonce fan, she got a strategy because after you know she what, pops Tanya? out some kids, she's not going to be able to she got a pop out of like kids. that. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. There are mothers in the strip clubs, okay? So, I yeah, mean, I know a couple. <laughs> <laughs> it can happen. But you know what? I hear about this deal that's on the table for her, that $1 million in Vegas. If she's smart, she, she capitalizes on the right opportunity. So she could pull us a career like a Tina Turner or a Madonna yeah. or a Cher, you know, and just tour. That's what R&B artists have to do. Yeah. Um, you know, R&B artists right now have to survive not off of record sales, off of concerts. Yeah. And people coming out there to see them. So. Well, that's what. It's just uh, crazy. 
Well, Monica mm-hmm. is one of my favorite shows. Monica's still standing, and that's exactly what she said. I think this last. I love show. her. Um, yeah, Monica's great. Yeah, I'm waiting for that album. But I think that's exactly what she said. It's going to be about the audience, her fan base, and putting people in the in the seats for the concerts because even people really are not buying CDs anymore. You know, yeah. anyway. Right. You're talking about the age of downloads and iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Nobody's going the minute, to you know, Walmart. Exactly. <laughs> Wow. Exactly. Uh, in a minute, there won't be any really record retail outlets. Retail is faded. Mm-hmm. CDs, you know, there are labels right now. I know a couple, like, labels that have these independent labels, you know, because now the majors are just trying to buy up all these independents. They don't even want to put physical CDs out. They're signing people to digital deals only. Wow. Like, are you serious? Oh, yeah. This is where it's going. They're, it's going digital deals only. They're, they're signing people to single deals. And 360 deals, which means that the label has the right to get a percentage of every piece of your business, from merchandising, concerts. Um, Yeah, they want all the money. They're like, okay, so we're not making money off of CDs. I'm going to fix you guys. (laughs) So it looks like it's going into the, the, uh, like when VHS movies came out and everybody was Mm -hmm. (laughs) movies. You know what I'm saying? There are no video stores anymore. Yeah. I, you know, I got a whole whole dresser full of them, and I still got a VHS, VCR player. But you Johnny can't Johnny White still holding down the Betamax. She's still killing Beta over there. Now, I never got a Beta because my, <laughs> I had to wait to the VHS, but I still have a lot of movies. Uh, but mm-hmm. I can't buy VHSs anymore because they're non-existent. So I'm right. hearing what you're saying. That's where physical CDs are going to uh, Go eventually. Well, just like yeah, the album. Yeah, in about five years. Well, five years. They'll be around, but they'll be minimal. And you know what? It makes sense. Because embrace the world. You're better off as an artist embracing the Internet because you can have a fan in Japan and one in Hawaii and one in Iceland. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. they could get your stuff online, and hopefully they pay for it if they like you enough. <laughs> they can get your okay. stuff online quicker than trying to find a record store because Right. Labels are not trying to ship CDs out, you know. Right, right. Well, listen, um, this whole, and I think it's just a whole world change of how we live our lives right now. Mo, do you yeah. have any questions for Dr. Felicia? Uh, well, you know, looking at looking at your position in, in the music, uh, or your, your, I would say your, um, your passion for music. Um, you, you you talked about in your book about R&B divas speaking out. And in what realm do you think that will be effective for them right now? Well, in that chapter, thanks, Mo, for bringing that chapter up. <laughs> Why to transition into my book. Um, R&B divas, that chapter is really, I interviewed my sister, Selena, mm-hmm. Um and I interviewed another person that doesn't want to be named who had, like, is multi-platinum in the, in the 90s. But she, those two, basically, you can hear it in their, in their, when you read their interviews, they were totally frustrated. Just yeah, about yeah. not getting, it's about getting your respect. Like, if, and this is like a best-case scenario. Um, we see it now with Kelly Price, Samia. Mm-hmm. Deborah Cox, they're doing this little tour. You know, they're doing this little joint album thing. But if more R&B artists, females, just from a female perspective, if they 
um, join together, that's a whole other issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's do one big RV tour. You know, yeah. um, I interviewed someone in my book. I wish I could say his name. He didn't give me the release to say his name, but he was talking about um, RV artists have to stop, have to start supporting each other. Right. They've got to step up. What about a whole R&B tour? Right now, you know, you'll see an R&B artist, and maybe they'll jump on with a rapper. Let's have one big R&B tour. You have to start supporting each other. You know, and I'm not an artist, so, you know, it's easier said than done, but they got to say something. they got to speak up. Well, I think it goes to the idea of collaboration. That's why I'm writing in uh, my new book. Uh, it's collaboration because I'm a big country music fan, too, and as I watch and study them... <laughs> They would team up with uh, even in the con- in, even the blue collar uh, brand, the blue collar comedy. It's four of them who have teamed up, and they hope to uh, help one another to build their brand and to expand their audience. So we, it's all about collaboration, doing joint oh, ventures. Country, country yeah. artists got it going on. They're, yeah, they do. They're actually um, the last report for last year, 2008. They're one of Top four genres. Mm-hmm. People yeah. will sleep on country. They will sell eight million in one day. <laughs> and right? you never know because it. they're, they're so, they don't care because you know what they're so loyal. Their fan base yeah. is so loyal, and like you said, they collaborate. Yeah, they collaborate big time, and they and they even start to diversify. So now we get to see uh, people of color uh, mm-hmm. in the concerts on on the on even on the Blue Collar Network. They're getting you know, like Tino comedians and everything. So they're starting to diversify. They they've got the formula mm-hmm. down, uh, and so that's why it's very important to to when you're trying to build a business, you got to pull and benchmark from each. You know, each. That's why I'm going. I'm going to hook up with the magnificent Mo Siegel because he's going yeah. <laughs> to teach me some things about this motivation. Okay, me too. Yeah, yeah. You all call me when you get do your yeah. call. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm going to, you know, put he's rolling with free, you, right, a hoppy meal, and, uh, hey, oh, God, put me on <laughs> that, and I need to now, be there. <laughs> now, I have to ask, because, you know, since we talk about R&B divas speaking and from, from what you just said, do you think or do you feel like uh, a lot of R&B artists are, uh, and I would, say, I would say females since we're talking about divas here, um, do you think they hurt themselves by, um, the images that they're projecting right now to kind of stay afloat, do they, are they hurting the R&B genre by exploiting their rhythm-filled bodies, as I would call them, uh, <laughs> in their scantily clad outfits uh, in their videos? Because, well, I mean, you, you think about it. It's just Beyonce. No, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> but Nobody's going to be Beyonce. Well, I love Beyonce. Beyonce's beautiful. <laughs> I love her. And I don't want to offend her fans because then they won't buy my book. Yeah. Right. But um, <laughs> I love Beyonce and all her people. Um, what was I going to say? I don't think that's the case because I'm talking about true R&B. Let's look at Jill Scott. She always right. has clothes on. Lettucey, Chrisette Michelle, Selena, Jasmine Sullivan, um, Angie Stone. You know, these are like beasts. Fantasia. Fantasia oh, my God. You know, they don't, you know, sell sex necessarily. Tisha Cole, Monica, Brandy, they don't necessarily sell sex, but 
you think about R&B, sometimes they do have to think about love because that's what R&B, you know, really is about. But, you know, I think there are some out there that are maybe poppy R&B where we've got your Carrie Hilson and, you know, those kind of people where, you know, they may sell a little sex. I, I do have an interview in my book where we get into that where the, the women in R&B have to sell a particular image and then the men can look like whatever. Right. And they can... You know what I'm saying? We love Big Luther. We love Ruben Stutter. You know, what's his name? Ruben Stutter. Ruben Stutter. Ruben. Yeah. So, you know, they can look like whatever, but the R, the women in general, forget R&B, women in general, as far as in the music industry, pop, whatever, have to sell this particular look. So it does kind of hurt them. Like I said, speak up. Why do you have to go along with the status quo? It's crazy. Right. You, be the trailblazer. Be the trendsetter, not to follow the trends. That's what That's I always it. say. That's it. You if gotta, you take you a risk, you know, if you take a risk, remember Lauren Hill was kind of like a trendsetter. She took right. a risk. You know, mm-hmm. she had the dread. She was a dark-skinned black woman. And she sold what? I have sold nine, ten million, you know. So, it's just, but the label has to be behind you. It all goes back to the label. Yeah. Because I, I, I know that artists get told, you need to lose weight. You're fat. You're not cute. You're this. You know, so I know they get told this. So it's like it all goes back to the label, especially with R&B. For some reason, it's like R&B is the, the genre to pick on. And I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I do know why, but I don't want to. You know. Well, it, it goes back to the substance. And like I said, uh, I'm a music lover. And like music, you have to, you got to watch every every type of music and see what, what the industry is uh, doing and what works for mm-hmm. you, in my opinion. Uh, because even though I know you have problems with Beyonce, I can tell you this: when she sees uh, something hot, like she collaborated with Lady Gaga, I was like, okay, that's a master move right there. Um, right. Well, she's got the engine. So right now, Beyonce can do whatever. Matthew, her dad is is brilliant as yeah. far as like his business strategy mind. Right. And you know, once you're at a point, you can. She makes the right move. Right. But you know. It would be hard for Jasmine Sullivan to be like, "Hey, Lady Gaga, can I get on you? <laughs> can I get a collaboration?" Yeah. They'd be like, yeah, "You don't okay. get hard." But one thing right. about Jasmine, she's going into she has a commercial. Uh, is a right. Home so I thought that was great, so people could steal her because I think her voice is amazing. Jasmine, uh, oh with, my God, she's with Fantasia, and I was like, when I was watching the Soul Train, I was like, if she don't drop another album, I don't know what's gonna happen. What no. happens with that? Okay. You know, uh, a new artist like her, because I, I was saying the same thing when I saw the commercial, was, well, where's she been? You they, know they what? Yeah, I'm going to tell you, and I hate to say this, people probably, hopefully nobody's listening, <laughs> but Jasmine's on J Records. Oh. Now, uh-huh. that's a priority thing. They got too many divas over there. They right. got Fantasia, they got Alicia Keys is out now, so they got to work her project. It's crazy. You, if you're on a label with all these different R&B artists, um, mm. especially female, women, I mean, you know, Whitney Houston just came out. If you notice, Whitney came out. They were working with Whitney. Then she mm. slowed down. Now it's Alicia's turn because her stuff is coming out. So Jasmine will probably come out next fall, maybe mm. summer. That's how Jay Records. Now, Jay Records, I'm not going to hate on them because they do push their people. They yeah. push their... And plus they had they Jamie Foxx. Uh, they were pushing Jamie, him real hard. Uh, yeah, so they, they're actually kind of smart. They kind of wait. They don't want their people to compete, which is, you know. Right. Go figure, a strategy in the record business. Right. Well, let look. 
I love music, and I'm good. Where can we get your book, Doctor S? I'm call you Doctor S. <laughs> um, you can go on Amazon.com right now and just type in "Rhythm Without Blues." Okay. And um, you can get it right there. It, it ships very quick. You could also go to RhythmWithoutBlues.com and read about it. And um, of course, I have all the social networks ever, so we don't even need to name those. Yeah, she stays on Facebook. I'm y'all. To them all. Give her your face. Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm addicted to all of them. So Twitter, whatever, just find me because I'm on them all day. And you have yeah, a we second. we got to connect on Facebook, Doctor. Yeah, I know, you playing around, Mo? She stays on Facebook <laughs> now. Um, I got to get in your network. Yeah, that yeah, we, we got to connect on. I, I, you know, I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm taking a little break from uh, being totally addicted to it and, and uh, just semi addicted <laughs> to it. He got to finish a book. He got to work. A book. Oh God. Oh God, yes! Please get off of Facebook because you'll never get done with your book. Congratulations on that! Yeah, I commend anyone that could write a book because that stuff is hard and crazy. It is hard. Now, listen, you uh, also have another book coming out, Doctor S, and it's going to be about what? I have two books that I'm currently writing, which is crazy. There's a leadership book I've been writing for the last seven years. I know. That's okay, girl. I heard, Me too. I heard you earlier saying get it together. <laughs> But I have a leadership book I'm very close to, um, you know, finishing. It's called The Leader Who Follows, so it's more on the business side of my life. And then I'm currently writing a book on Chicago's music scene. It's called The Sound of Black Chicago. Okay. And I don't think Chicago has been getting their just due. And we put out a lot of artists over the last, like, 60 years, I mean, Everybody, you know, Curtis Mayfield's from Chicago. Sam Cooke is from Chicago. I just found out Shaka Khan was from Chicago. Yeah, well, it we out. got some people. we got to give our respect. So I'm calling it the sound of black Chicago and the impact that black music out of Chicago has made on the industry. And, um, you know, everybody, you know, the, the Dells, you had the Dells, you had Buddy Guy. I mean, from jazz, blues, hip-hop, you got, you know, so many different things. So I'm, I'm working on those two, the leadership books. And then the sound of black Chicago. Hopefully well, I can get those. And plus, you're a teacher who loves her students. She's always putting it on there. Well, listen. I love my students. Yeah. <laughs> listen, you have been a great guest, as usual. Thanks, Tanya. You're, you're great. You're so supportive. Fantastic. And give Tanya's book, because I love her 99 Nails book. Oh, it's, it's off so the hook. funny. It's off the chisel. <laughs> she, she's crazy. But I love it. Or the Lazy Larry. Who is Larry? Oh, yeah. oh she. <laughs> what was it, Larry? One of them? Yeah, Great. you know, you know. But I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> gonna switch gears next year. I'm gonna empower my sisters to win. There you go. And uh, I'm get off the relationship path for just a moment. But thank you, Doctor S. Uh, thank you I know so I'm much. Gonna, I'm gonna see you on Facebook in probably five, ten minutes. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna do that now. <laughs> I'll be there in a few minutes, okay? Well, Doc, well, Mo, I'll, be, I'll be finding you, Mo. I'll be finding you. Yeah, find me. I'm, I, I shouldn't be hard to find, I hope. I no, hope give, your, give your Facebook info, Mo. Uh, it's Mo Stegall, M-O-S-T-E-G-A-L-L. There you go. Yeah, Mo sends out some good stuff. But we're going to follow up with you later, Dr. Okay. S. You have a, listen, there's Thanks. co-Capricorn, so you have a happy yes. birthday. Thank you very much. You're a Capricorn too, Mo? Yeah, I'm the 31st, and you're a Christmas, oh. right? Yes. Okay. Well, happy I'm birthday. I'm sure about. I'll tell you. I'm sure yeah, I'll get forgotten about. Happy holidays, and thank you so much, both of you all. 
Thank you yeah, so you much. Are. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye bye. If you just joined Real Talk with Tanya White, we're talking to Dr. Celicia Thompson about her book Rhythm Without the Blues. Mo Stegall. Mm-hmm. You have been magnificent. You know Emma? Yeah. I've been magnificent. Listen, I'm going to replay this and write down what the nuggets of wisdom you gave me because I'm serious about that. I, I need to go to another dimension stratosphere in 2010 and right. I need to um, write down what you said. And uh, I need to get in the most legal mentoring program. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all about relationship building, and you, you're doing a fantastic job now uh, with some of the individuals that you have on your show and even connecting with me and you know, anyway, I can assist. You know, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm gonna be in. Uh, you think I'm playing the most legal mentoring program? I know you're it's not just, playing. It's, it's, it's just one person is gonna be Tanya White. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got to teach me how to capitalize on uh, my relationship building because I'm all about building healthy relationships. I know how to do that. Now I need to know how to capitalize on them, and that's yeah. what the magnificent most legal is gonna teach me. That magnificent sounds good. Well, yeah. I don't know what to, I don't you know what to do about that. You might ni- magnificent, most eagle. Listen, give us your contact information when your show is on. You do the five day a week, two hours a day. Big up, <laughs> <to> you, man. <laughs> Big up. Yeah. You can always catch me on mosteagle.com. That's m o s t e g a l l dot com. You can find out all the latest happenings that's going on with me and everything that we're doing, including our upcoming. Um, I Can Be Tour, which is going to be phenomenal in 2010. And so, uh, yeah, check me out, mostequal.com. I'm on all the social networks. Add me on uh, my Facebook and uh, follow me on Twitter at mostequal. I thought you was at your limit. You got to have a fan page. I'm not at my limit yet. It, it, okay. we, we got like, uh, you know, about a week or two before we, well, I, I don't know. I can't tell you when the number's going to go, but we almost there. But uh, uh, we're not quite there yet. So, yeah. you know. If you can't get on the the regular page, join the fan page because that's where I'll be really doing my uh, when I when I do come back. That's where I'll be doing my motivational moments on my fan page from my fan page because that goes to my website and to my Twitter as well simultaneously. Yeah. So we want to make sure we get it in. Now, where where did you get the inspiration to motivate people? Because your nuggets are phenomenal and uh, inspiring. So is that a deep, long passion? Have you been that way all your life? Uh, you know, I've been, I've always had wisdom uh, beyond my years, as long as I can remember. Okay. But um, I really just really start tapping into um, pushing other people. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I ain't gonna say just started, but what I do on Facebook, you know, that came about because uh, my uh, business manager said, "Hey, you should put something on on your Facebook." Every day, and I was like, "Man, who's gonna pay attention?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and lo and behold, here we are, almost five thousand people later, right. and I'm like, "Wow!" And then you know, the blessing is, so many people email me, or I read their comments on my page, and they just say how much they needed that. And mm-hmm. I have to tell everybody. I tell everybody who contacts me personally, and I tell you, you know, I don't come up with this stuff. I when I get up in the morning in my prayer time, I ask God, "What is it?" that your people need, because only he knows all and sees all. So, you know, whatever he instructs me to say, that's what I say. And and then I'm always blown away by the responses of 
wow, dude, you don't know how much I needed that. I mean, several times there have been people say, I was on the verge of killing myself, and I happened to stop by my Facebook page one more time and read your status. And, oh, man, and it's just stuff like that. Or, you know, somebody having a bad day or going through a trial or tribulation or having some issues and just knowing that I had a hand in making sure that that day did not end the way it started, you know, that just makes me feel good. Wow. Well, you do a magnificent job, uh, and I understand that because you have to be in tune with God and what he has for you to do so that you can do it. That's why people say, Tanya, how you come up with these shows? Man, it's not even me. I say, okay, what do you want me to talk about? And right. Say, what? I mean, what show, what guests, everything. And so I'm the planner. He's equipped me to be a planner. He does the wet rest. He gives me the inspiration. So I know exactly what you're talking about. You do a magnificent job and you oh, know, five thousand strong. I'm trying to be like Mo Siegel, um, in two thousand ten. <laughs> and so I'm writing that down to email Mo about Tanya White's mentoring program with him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I'm all, I'm all, I'm for that. I'm with that. Yeah. I appreciate that. So don't, when I when I send you the email later on tonight. Don't be like, okay, she's just playing. No, I'm don't serious. Don't like I don't know what you're talking about, huh? Yeah, I'm serious, and I'm going to have to send you the MP3 so to remind you what I'm talking about. And so, but yes. <laughs> so what, on, uh, for 2010, what do you have in store on Talk About It today? Oh, I mean, we, we you, have You've some... knocked it out the park in, since just August, so what do you got in store I really appreciate it. You know, Talk About It today has been... Uh, it's been a phenomenal tool for us. And um, 2010, we, we're looking to, you know, talk about more issues, uh, in, inform more people, more, more communities and individuals, inspire them and ignite them. And uh, we have, we should be adding a new segment. I am so excited that, you know, when the show first started, I was listening to the very uh, first week of the show, um, a couple of weeks ago, and looking at it then and now, just looking at the growth that we've had, not only uh, in our listener base, but also the growth of the show. And and now we have we have specialty segments on our show each and every day. So Mondays, you can always stop by on our book club Mondays, as well as our Fit for Living Mondays. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fit for Living is a new segment we just added uh, right after Thanksgiving, where we have a, a fitness and health expert that comes on and gives tips and different things on how you can eat healthy, meal plans, workout regimens, uh, you name it, she does it. And uh, her name is Kim Strickland. And on Tuesdays we do, uh, we have a specialty poetry segment um, that we we kind of broadcast amongst some of the new and up and coming poets, some existing ones um, as well. So. And and we come back on Wednesdays with our marketing moment with uh, marketing expert Kelly Cole out of Virginia. And, you know, he does a, a segment where he's helping you increase your business. He's somebody else that I need to connect you with. Yeah. Um, but he helps you increase not only your business, but when it comes to your books, he can show you how to sell your books in multi-dimensions and various genres online and really increase your profitability because this guy makes money when he's sleeping. So he don't yeah. have to work uh, every day to make money. He makes money while he's sleeping. So 
He's a good guy. And then on Thursdays, we have uh, fashion icon and expert Patrick T. Cooper. Many of you guys remember him from uh, he used to, he was Diddy's stylist for years. He's wow. worked with Madonna, Giorgio Armani. What are you talking about? I need to be with you. <laughs> and, uh, I get a you know, spot on top also, about it today. <laughs> he's a good friend of mine. So I actually went to high school with Patrick, and I uh, hadn't seen him in years, and he connected. Uh, another good friend of ours, Fonsworth Bentley, who's in town right now, um, he was speaking to him one day. He was like, yo, man, you really need to connect with Mo, man, and uh, get on the show because he was trying. He was looking at how he'd break into the industry and bring his brand back uh, because he's been off the scene for a while. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's worked with Nike, Giorgio Armani, Marie Claire, and you, the list goes on. And so, you know, that's how we we connected. And like I told you earlier, and all your listening base is all about your relationships. Um, when God is looking to move you places, if you, if you go back into the Bible, uh, even if you're not a, a Bible scholar or, or, you know, an advocate of reading it, but you look at the the way nations and countries move, even marriages, it was based on a relationship. They create a lot of people married for alliances. And so, you know, it's all about who mm. you know in mm. this uh in this realm of where you're gonna go. Because no man is an island, so you can't do it by yourself. So mm. God aligns you with men and women who who uh who can assist you in going where you want to go. And so it's all about relationship. And now uh, on Friday we have uh, a segment with Diddy's former assistant from a couple of years ago, Aaron Arnold, who has this segment now on our show on Friday. It's called Music is My Business for any entertainers, up-and-coming singers, poets, uh, rappers, you name it. You can have a chance to uh, showcase your stuff on here. So we're giving people opportunities each and every day of the week on Talk About Today. So we just got more of that coming in 2010. <laughs> well, listen, you have, it sounds like you have a phenomenal team. And let me ask you a question. I'm all about teamwork, and, you know, I uh, am the relationship person myself. Now, right. I'm going to throw this question out here because it's real talk with Tanya White, and I talk about real issues. When it comes to building a, a successful brand business like you have, um, how do you get the people to commit? Because sometimes, and I'm speaking from a woman business owner, uh-huh. people don't take you seriously uh, from a woman's standpoint. Point, point right. And you have everything mapped out. This is what I need you to do, blah, blah, blah. How can we help one another? Sometimes they'll start it and uh, stop it or they won't commit. How? What? 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 What is the secret to building uh, a team that works, uh, works and everybody benefits? Uh, I say, I would say, Tanya, that if there is no secret, okay. the Objective to it is again relationship building. When you present a quality product, mm-hmm. it attracts individuals. Uh, I had mm-hmm. a I had a pastor tell me uh, years ago down in Jacksonville, Florida. You have to project what you try to bring in, what you're trying to draw in. So if your goal is to draw in quality individuals, if you project a quality product. It would draw those types of people in, and then you have to start weeding weeding people out because you know I've had my share of individuals who say they were there, but you know they weren't really there, or they was there for their own selfish and fi- financial gain, and they just want to use you, your contacts. Wow, I mean, I've had yeah. people ask me for my Rolodex. Are you but, serious? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> recently. I, we get that all the time. But we want more. Can we, we had an organization that said. They huh? actually said, can I have your Rolodex? They said, can we have most contacts? Okay, listen. Let me, exact this, this words. A, this is a, a moment where my, my niece has to come in and say what she needs to say. Are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> yes, I am very serious. Um, we had an organization that was uh, that's uh, pretty established, and they was looking to do some benefits. And, you know, they was like, well, you know, after reading up on Mo and doing some research on him, we really like to. And as a matter of fact, I just had, I was just telling one of my mentors tonight, I just had another established individual who's, who has a foundation and looking, having a huge event coming up on the 19th, uh, called me two weeks ago, a week ago, and was saying, hey, man, I just want to see if you can get some of your celebrity friends to come to my event. And, <laughs> you know, that's just what people do. And it's ridiculous because I'd be like, yo, you know, it has spent, I have spent my entire career building these relationships with these right. influential people, and I don't know what all you got planned to do, and, and that's another thing, you know. When, and don't when you, call me when two you weeks out, time, either. Don't call me two well, weeks out. Well, not just that, but you not, you know, I have learned, Tanya, that when you are looking for partnerships or building relationships with individuals, it has to be based upon what you all can do for one another. How right. do they, even established people need people. So even yeah, celebrities exactly. need individuals. So in your looking to get celebrities to do stuff with you and partner with you and do stuff, what are they benefiting from this right. from this partnership? So, you know, it's all, your, your, your alliances with individuals should be about what you guys can do for one another and not just what you can get out of it by utilizing who who they are or what they have or even with corporations. I mean, I remember when I spent the year creating my relationship with Best Buy, uh, mm-hmm. And I had somebody come along. Well, can you give me your contact at Best Buy? And it's it's crazy. I'm like, well, what are you going to use it for? What are you going to do with it? Well, I mean, why you got to know all that? Like, it's oh, my contact. No. So <laughs> why wouldn't I want to know? I need to know what you're going to do with it because it's it's my relationship that you do. You're not calling somebody you don't know. You're calling somebody I know, and I'm giving you that contact information. So you know, right. we need to know that kind of stuff. But it's all about relationship building. When you're building your team. Um, knowing what you want, Tanya, and not selling for anything less. You know, know. everybody that comes along are are not equipped to work with you because you have a significant and unique brand, and, you know, you have to demand what you want, and you can't be afraid even when people are volunteering. you got to set a precedent in your your work environment that says you are about business at all times. And if you are not about... My new book, (laughs) tap into my system. Yes, I have tapped into your system, but it's the truth because you know I, I you know I am I have been gracious enough to have some some fantastic individuals uh working with me. Uh shouts out to Monica Mines, uh Fonda Bowden and Ramon Metz and all the other people that work with us, but you know those are my key people. And you know, they make sure that it happens. They understand my vision. They support my vision. They have the same vision for me as I have for myself. And, you know, by grace of God, that's why we're able to progress and do some of the things that we're doing right now. That's a million-dollar motivational nugget. (laughs) They have the same vision for you. 
that you have for yourself. And I'm 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 just asking that because I get a lot of emails from small business owners, women in particular. Uh, that's why I asked you that, and that's what I'm writing um, in my my new book, Girl, You Can Win: The Ten Highly <laughs> Essential Habits of a Winning Woman. And that's exactly wow. what I wrote because uh, you have to demand, you cannot back down, you cannot waver, you have to know who is around you on your team. But I'm going to quote you, Mo, because I like that. Uh, you have to surround yourself with the set, with people who have the same vision for you as you have for as yourself. As you have for yourself. That's a million-dollar That's not mine. That's, that's what Hill Harper taught me. That's okay, so Hill Harper. I'm gonna have you got to get that to Hill. You got to get it to my man Hill. Hill Harper. Okay, he he yeah. see my name on it, he'd be like, that old mo. <laughs> I don't want to mess up that contact for you, so I'm good. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Woo, yeah, that, that my is guy. A, that's a million-dollar motivational nugget, and I'm uh, that's phenomenal. If you just join, we only have 10 minutes left. Uh, and, most Siegel, you have been so awesome to take the time out of your busy schedule. And to agree oh, it's my to, pleasure. To have Tanya White in your mentoring program in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> And so uh, your show is awesome. Your segments are phenomenal. Uh, I love oh, the new wow. segments. Uh, that is, I mean, well, y'all, y'all striving for national syndication, huh? We are. We are, and and mm-hmm. not just that, but talk about today was soon. Uh, in the near future, I ain't gonna say soon because we don't know uh, how soon, but it will be a a, a television show pretty soon. That's wow. our goal. That's our goal is mm-hmm. to. And we're building a dream team. I'm telling you now, you y'all y'all all your listeners in Kentucky and across the globe, pay attention. Mostegle.com. Check us out because we have building we have a dream team right now. We have a power team of individuals who have latched on to this whole I can be movement and everything that, that uh we're doing and we're excited about it. We about to take we about to show y'all a difference in the industry. We're gonna set the standard. That's it, Mo Siegel. Y'all, well, you came out blasting on Blog Talk uh, at the later part of this year. So, listen, I have not seen what is in store for Mo Siegel and talk about it today. <laughs> uh, and I'm excited. I'm excited to be connected with Mo Siegel. And y'all going to uh, see a new and improved, upgraded Tanya White in 2010. And I'm going to give a shout-out in advance to the Mo Siegel Mentoring Program. <laughs> Hey, we're going to get you right. We gonna, whatever we can do to get you right, we're going to get you right. <laughs> yes. You know, I need to be on that uh, speaking circuit. So once again, give them your Facebook. Uh, you have some people already in the chat putting your stuff up. Destiny Diva. Thanks. That's what's Most up. Te- I appreciate the love. Yeah, <laughs> MoSteagle.com. That's, that's the site to go to to find out everything. And the thing about that is you can, on MoSteagle.com, you can not only read about me, you can book me for speaking engagements. You want me to come to your city, your town, I'm there. Uh, just go down and fill out the form under booking, contact information. You can see all the stuff I've done, all the stuff we're doing now. Uh, you can also uh, look at all the people that, our personalities on my radio show. Just click on radio show on the site, and it takes you to a whole new radio show site. It's off the hook, man. Shouts out to Kelly Cole and all those guys in, in the VA area for creating that wonderful website for us, and it's just going to get better. So y'all can check me out there, and you can connect with me on on my fan page, on Facebook, my Twitter, all that on com. That's all. Just go one-stop <laughs> shop, Tanya White. One-stop shop. Make it easier. Take the excuses out. That's what I'm doing with everybody <laughs> uh, for Real Talk and Tanya White and Tanya's Tips. Listen, y'all, we're going uh, higher and higher. In 2010, Tanya's Tips 
uh, is going moving to a monthly publication on TanyaWhite.com. Real Talk with Tanya White is coming back strong in 2010. We're going to add a monthly segment called Secret Sundays. We're talking about all those secrets that hurt us, but we they we never get healed from. Uh, January 10th is going to be our kickoff. We talked about it's okay that my husband's gay. How we talking? Oh about wow! Oh yeah, it's going to be hot. <laughs> what? It's going to help. It's everybody's like what? But it's, it's starting out with women who are married to men on the down low. And oh, wow, that's major, too. Yeah, we got Terrence Dean, and we're trying to get one more author. But, you know, when you deal with that, when you're concerned with that, sometimes women uh, blame themselves. They right. come down on themselves, and they think it's something that they've done uh, and not deal with reality. So we're trying to let you know it's okay that he's gay because you had nothing to do with it. That is right. what it's going to be about. It's going to be smoking hot January 10th. And then January 7th, we're coming back on, uh, for our anniversary show. We've been on the sh- on air one year, January 7th. And so we're going to talk about how to win in 2010. January is all about winning because we want you to win and be the champions that God created you to be. So we're going to come back bigger and brighter, have bigger guests, everybody who's who wants to be connected with real talk and has a real vision, has some real things to say, is going to be on that show. We're just going to take it higher. We're gonna, you know, we're trying to be the best that we can be, Mo. That's what's up. So we're going to take it higher. Look, we got five minutes. We're going to close out with MJ and the Jackson 5. It's Christmas time. So we're going to close out with Give Love on Christmas Day. I think that's a fitting song. That's a all the song. love you've shown on your show on tonight, and the love of our loyal Real Talk listeners, we're going to close out with MJ because we want you to give love on Christmas Day and every day of the year. Mo, you know when that was uh, released? Let me test your... <laughs> what year was You're not going to give me the American Bandstand, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not going to even sugarcoat it. I'm not going to even pretend like I know the answer to that. I do not. It was 1970. I wasn't even born yet. I wasn't even born yet. It was October 1970. I was born in December 1970, but Michael Jackson and Jackson Jackson 5 told us to give love on Christmas Day, and that's what we want you to do this Christmas and every other day. Mo, you have been magnificent. We're going to follow up with you and Miss Monica. Try to book you on that uh, on 2010. That's the I'm always here. I'll let you boy. <laughs> Listen, Real Talk, this is our last show for the year. Tune in January 7th, and we'll be back bigger and brighter. Love you guys, and have a happy and Merry Christmas. Bye, Mo. Bye. Bye.